Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. From the Milton Metz studio in the Radio TV building at Indiana University, welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with co-host WFIU, WTIU, reporter and personality, <laughs> Joe Wren. Downtown uh, areas have long been a staple of life in Hoosier communities. Many of these towns and small cities are seeing changes due to shifting populations and economic fortunes. But communities are, are mounting their own strategies to build their downtowns, and the state has weighed in with initiatives like the Impact Main Street Program and the Indiana Stellar Communities Program. We'll be talking about the health of downtowns, especially in smaller communities. Today on Noon Edition, we have three guests, Becky Shepman. Executive Director of Seymour Main Street. Kristen Clary is Executive Director of Main Street Greencastle. And Matt Crouch is joining us by phone. He's Deputy Director of the Indiana Office of Community and Rural Affairs. If you want to join us on our program, it's 812-855-0811 here in Bloomington and 1-877-285-9348. News at Indiana Public Media, if you want, dot org. If you want to send us a message, don't want to go on the air. And also, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Noon Edition. So, thank you for coming in, Kristen, Becky. Thanks for being here in the studio. And Matt, good to have you joining us from Indianapolis. Thanks for having us. Sure. Thank you. So, <clears throat> I was sort of telling a story before we went on the air about how I grew up in a small town with a father who had a department store, and I sort of have. Uh, a really strong interest in this topic. So I guess the, the first question I'm going to ask is very general. I mean, what is the uh, the state of affairs for downtown Seymour, Greencastle, and then generally in the state of Indiana? So, Becky, why don't you go first? In Seymour right now, we're experiencing a lot of growth. We, um, I've been the executive director for the past two years. We're expanding um, our events that we do downtown, coming up with some signature events just to pull people in, get them used to parking downtown and seeing what's available downtown. And then um, we are also just seeing a growth in awning signage facades with new businesses downtown. That's what we're here to do. So um, we've got about five new boutiques downtown, a furniture store, also got a bakery. We've got an electronics store downtown that fixes cell phones, laptops, those kind of things. So trying to get a really good mix of business downtown so that you can go down there and get everything you need. But we, we really feel like there's a buzz around downtown Seymour right now, and it's seeing some good momentum. Good. So, Kristen? So in downtown Greencastle, we are so blessed. Um, This all started back in 2011 when we were the first community in the state to be awarded the stellar grant that you spoke of that Okra offers. And so um, being awarded that stellar grant infused multiple millions of dollars into our community. We also have a great partner in DePauw University. And so with DePauw, um, we partnered with them to um, help match the Stellar. So currently the Stellar is a designation, but back then there was some disaster relief funds. And so um, we got some real dollars. So about $12 million from state and federal funds were infused in our community. And so um, that helped us do a downtown facade revitalization program. And so um, we were able to go around, and with partnering with our companies and businesses, we were able to renovate all of that. And um, so it it just put a breath of fresh air into the community. And then in the most recent um, months, uh, our our DePauw alumni have been super generous with us. They've infused about another 6 to $8 million into our downtown um, our current uh, DuPont president, Dr. Mark McCoy, has an excellent relationship with a couple of key um, alumni, and so therefore they have generously given back to our community, opened up some uh, restaurants and some boutiques downtown, and so um, we've had outside dollars driven back into our community, and that has been instrumental in uh, changing our atmosphere. So a small town of about 10,000 that's got a Starbucks right downtown and those DePauw students coming there every day is just absolutely awesome to continue to grow for the growth of our community. Okay. Matt, how about around the state? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that we've been fortunate enough is, you know, to work 
with, you know, the communities like Seymour and Greencastle on these programs. And so, you know, um, before our executive director, Jody Golden, came on, you know, we had started planning some listening tours around the state. And so that's one of the things that we heard from those listening tours is the importance of our downtowns. Because, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, as you, you know, started the program is about it is the beating heart. And we look at it as our downtowns are our hearts for our communities. And so, I mean, when we when we went around on this 13-stop listening tour around rural Indiana, we heard about the need for programming, the need for support, and building capacity and supporting those volunteers that care and want to give back to their communities to make sure that they flourish. And so, you know, I mean, one of the things that, of course, we're dealing with in rural Indiana is, you know, filling the effects of population loss. And so, you know, with that loss, that's, that's the volunteers that are working with in these organizations and that's the people that will shop in the downtowns and you know those are the ones that will open up these businesses and so that's why you know okra is really working hard to on partnering with these communities and with the mainstream organizations and the chambers of commerce and economic development organizations on focusing on downtown development and revitalization of how do we identify the best um our gaps and how do we get people to bring businesses to the downtowns? How do we get people to live and work there and spend their time there? And so, you know, I think it's exciting to hear the momentum they have in Seymour and Greencastle because there's so many communities like that that are saying, you know, I'm not, I love my community and I want to give back to it and I want to be part of this. And there's so many reasons for more people to move here and take part in this. You know, it's just, that's why it was certainly one of the key kind of uh, ideas that we had and to build into our um, our strategic plan that we rolled out earlier this year is that leveraging that quality of places through the comprehensive planning processes, you know, and focusing in on, you know, the downtowns where we live, work, um, and play. Well, I just want to mention OCRA, Office of Community and Rural Affairs, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. Our mm-hmm. listeners might not might not know might not. Yes, right. Sorry about that. Might think you're talking about a vegetable. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> right. You know, that's the problem. Being here for 12 years, I started speaking in the acronyms, and mm-hmm. people can't follow me. I apologize. No, for no, that. no problem. No problem. <laughs> you know, it's interesting too. I think there was a phase maybe years ago where a lot of. Uh, Activity businesses, restaurants were pushing toward more sprawl. They were moving outside of the downtown. How how do cities help revitalize and bring people back into the downtown to make it more of that community feel that I know Greencastle and Seymour both have have done. So I want to say that uh, we always say downtowns differentiate. So everybody has a big box store somewhere on the outskirts, but what does your downtown look like? That's the heart and the pulse of the community. And so we know that... um, what we try uh, is we do upper story living, so we make sure that those spaces upstairs are all available for uh, for loft rental, and uh, all of ours are filled. I mean, we would love more of those, and so we just know that um, when we can get people actually living downtown, then other places th- thrive and survive that way as well. I think one of the things that we've been doing in Seymour in the, in the past two years has been planning events just to draw people downtown. Um, I think there's this kind of like, oh, where would I park and what's down there? So a lot of the events are just really getting people downtown, seeing what's there. Hey, it's easy to park. It's not that far to walk, those kind of things. But then we also have tried to really create a bit of a movement, I would call, on social media. So we've started a Facebook page, an Instagram page, text alerts. We're doing um, e-blasts and lots and lots of promotion and just making it really enticing so that if you're a business and you're a person that's been like, hey, I want to start a bakery, you're like, I'm going to do it downtown. Because when I do, there's people there that are going to support me and help to promote me. And so that's kind of where we've started. And I think that it's really helped. You know, and Matt, uh, to just kind of to go along that, um, we're seeing some of the maybe bigger cities uh, Kokomo, Terre Haute, Bloomington, expanding conference centers, trying to get more people to even visit downtown. But for smaller cities, w- amenities might be a little bit harder. To, they can't maybe attract a casino, per se, downtown. You know. So what, what, what are some of the ways that smaller cities can try to attract that foot traffic downtown? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of it is about connectivity. Um, and, you know, I think that's on, you know, physically and kind of, you know, uh, connecting to the, the needs of your residents. And so, you know, how do, you know, how do you get around the downtown? How do you get to the businesses? Um, you know, and so I think what, 
what we're seeing communities do is, you know, the residents, how can I get from my neighborhood to the downtown and shop and go to the event and take part in that and then easily just get back to my, my house and, and, and move on. And so I think we're seeing that, but I think it's also about creating that sense of place. And so making sure that if I have alleyways that, you know, we clean them up and activated the space, or if I have a downtown park, you know, it's nice and clean and that, you know, we have events in that location that's going to really drive us. Cause you know, I think it's often easy to forget about, you know, well, I have time and I need to take the kids. What are we going to do with the kids this weekend is, well, you know, we can go over to, you know, up to Indianapolis or something like that, but we don't need to do that because there's events all the time that, you know, the Seymours and Greencastles uh, are planning and we can take part on. So I think it's just that it's reminding people that they don't need to go to the larger urban cities. Uh, there's plenty of activities. There's plenty of great things that are going on in these communities. What kind of events? What kind of events are you having in your two communities? Uh, so for uh, Greencastle, we do First Fridays. So the first Friday of every month from April all the way through December, which is happening today, um, we have huge events. Uh, we're seeing 2,000 uh, people come downtown and um, interact with us. We've got three live bands on three different stages. Um, we've got restaurants open, and uh, we also partner with the Chamber to do Taste of Putnam County. And so um, it's just great. Today, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's going to ride the fire truck in. We light our tree, and then we have all kinds of boutiques open. We do a gingerbread trolley around the area. So um, just a lot of interaction, and, you know, it's all about relationships. And so we're all working together to rise that tide to make our downtown special for people to come and uh, visit. Okay. We do a few um, signature events every year. We do an event that's called Ghouls and Goblets, where we bring in some local wineries and breweries. We bring in a food truck. We bring in music. And then we go through the downtown businesses and let them tell spooky stories about their buildings, which is really fun, since <laughs> a lot of them are historic buildings. Um, we're also doing a new event this year that's called the Jingle All the 5K. And that's going to be a 5K with jingle bells on your shoes and Santa at the finish line. So we're really excited about that. And then we do some uh, shopping events as well just to get people in all of the stores. We do a downtown shop around and you get a card and then you go through and get it punched in all your stores, turn it in, and then you can register to be winning a prize. So you can pick which store you want to win it in. And we try to theme those. So we'll do, you know, fall in love with the downtown. This year we did one that was called a downtown chalk around. And so we had chalk at all of our downtown stores and people could come through and actually pose on the sidewalks. No one can see me. I'm acting it out in here. But, um, you know, and make yourself look like an angel or whatever it is. And um, it was really neat. And then people posted those on social media and just more things to kind of draw people in, but also create a buzz. Now, Becky, you mentioned parking twice. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when, when we think about Bloomington, <clears throat> you know, locally, parking is one of the biggest issues for downtown. It always is. You know, do we build another garage or do we put in meters or do we have two-hour free parking and, you know, what are the hours for the meters and all that. So is parking a big issue for both of you? So I will say that wonderful program we talked about with Okra, the Stellar Communities Program, um, they afforded us to um, put up and construct three uh, parking lots for us. And so um, they're designated. And a big thing with down downtown is wayfinding. You know, how do you find your way? How do you get there? And then once you're there, how do you get around? And so um, our wayfinding um, plan designates where our parking is. And so it's easy to find. And um, it's convenient. And it's clean. And it's well lit. And uh, it's safe. And so um, all of our people um, know where they're at locally, and then we also um, have a wayfinding program for visitors. So um, for us, um, through the OCRA funding, um, very generously, um, we are able to uh, support the parking that way. I would say that we have what I call a perception problem. Um, I think that people got used to parking at those big box stores, you know, being five foot from the front door and then walking in. And so you're just kind of dealing with getting people used to parking in a downtown and maybe walking a block. I mean, what we found is, you know, if you go to a big box store and park way out and walk all the way to the milk section, it's about the same as walking two city <laughs> blocks. But when people think they have to walk two city blocks now, it's kind of a big deal. So um, one of the things that we did to combat that this year was 
we did some pedestrian signs and put those up. We've got the Wayfair signs, and I agree, those are great. Um, we did some small pedestrian signs that just say, you are a five-minute walk from, mm. you know, um, the downtown park, the farmer's market, and the post office. And we placed about eight of these in our downtown and are just kind of getting people to take a picture in front of them and say, hey, hashtag walk Seymour. Look how close I am to all these places. I can park anywhere downtown and get anywhere in five minutes. And I think that's been really helpful. In addition to that, um, everybody now talks about steps because we all have Fitbits and we mm-hmm. all walk our 10,000 steps. And so that's a great way to um, <laughs> measure steps as well. That's right. Well, that's what Matt was talking about earlier, too, about that connectivity, trails, uh, we have, of course, here in Bloomington, the Beeline Trail, and it's just a way to get people to where they need to go. Right. So I wanted to ask, well, first I want to give our numbers again, if you want to call us and talk about this issue of downtowns, especially smaller downtowns in Indiana, 812-855-0811, in news at indianapublicmedia.org, or at Noon Edition if you're following us on Twitter. I think about... Um, a lot of downtowns will have like one or two or maybe even three or four older businesses that have survived for, you know, decades and decades. Is there a, you know, are there businesses in your downtowns that are like that? And what do you think they're, the recipe for success is for those businesses? me to start on this one. Um, we do. We unfortunately did lose one of our big hardware stores downtown and also one of our signature um, shoe stores. But we do have several um, downtown that have been there. We've got a furniture store that's been there for over 20 years. Also, um, a guitar and lessons um, place right downtown. And I would tell you what I tell all of our new business owners. I think that the recipe for success is really picking hours and staying open. I know that it's hard when you're a new business and some Sometimes you're the only one, you know, you're the one doing the marketing, you're the one doing the buying, you're the one that's working the front door and making all the decisions. And, but I do think that is the key to success is having those hours sticking to them and being open. Um, and then, um, I think, too, listening to the public and kind of getting a little bit of feedback. I know a lot of our businesses have been doing surveys recently, and that's been a big help, too, just to really see what people want to see in the downtown, because it is a bit of a niche market, I think. Um, and I would say for us in Greencastle, we do have a couple of that um, are, are longtime members, um, and they listen to what their customers want. It's all about um, those relationships and listening. But what we find is... Um, that we've got a revitalization. You go into a lot of downtowns and there are a lot of office buildings with professional services, you know, abstract and titles and attorneys. And we definitely have that. But we also have those people that are making the investment. And we've got five uh, restaurants downtown and three of them are brand new. And um, a lot of them are that depot of infused alumni money. Um, but uh, it, it's about listening to what your customers want and um, it's about working together. So we've got um, a, a really good membership base for our Main Street program. And uh, we come together and we solve problems together, and uh, and that's important. Matt, I want your feedback on this, too. I mean, you've seen a lot of downtowns in Indiana. Is there a recipe for these older businesses that seem to be able to survive? You know, I think they both Becky and Kristen have hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's about that communication. Um, and, you know, I think what's great about them is that not only are the they encouraging the businesses to, to communicate with their customers, but, you know, both the main streets are communicating with the businesses and sharing that. Um, so I think that it's just that open lines of, you know, communication and the collaboration that's going on. Um, I don't think there's a real recipe, um, but I think what's, what's good about the Seymours and the Greencastles of the world is they're willing to share that with the other communities. And so, you know, Becky and Kristen can go to, you know, kind of like what we call our community exchanges and share that with other Main Street directors um, and, and kind of talk through and say, you know, this is what we've experienced um, and this is how you can apply it to your community. And so I think it's those sharing those best practices is what's important, you know, really about kind of the Main Street program is it kind of ties us all together. You know, the fact is, is that, you know, we have 133 Main Street communities around the state of Indiana, which is actually the, the largest in, in the nation. And so what's great about it is that it's not each and 
every one of us by ourselves, it's 133 of us working together and realizing that, you know, what what's going on in Greencastle is the same thing as what's going on in Winchester, which is the same thing that's going on in Laporte, which is the same thing in Auburn and et cetera, and goes on and on. And so it's about how do we do that and help these, you know, businesses because, I mean, you know, most of the businesses around the downtown, I mean, they're not in it for the money. They're in it for the love of going and knowing the customers by their names and knowing how that they can cater that. You know, I think we were just talking about it yesterday about, you know, like a butcher shop. And so, you know, in one of our downtowns and, you know, for that butcher, it was he knew a customer that every week was going to come in and get his knockwurst. And so no one else came in and bought the knockwurst. But, you know, he made sure that he had enough that that customer every week could come in and get that. Well, you know, you don't get that at the big box stores. You get that in the, the rural downtowns, you know, around the state. You know, uh, Kristen, you mentioned earlier about uh, when we talked about drawing people to downtown, but living downtown and how do you how do you fill that? And it was funny. I I was visiting a city once, l- larger city, far from here, uh, and I was wa- I, th- I want to check it out. I'm walking around downtown Saturday night nine, and it was just dead. There was like nothing, and I couldn't figure it out. I'm walking around. I'm like. Did I miss something? And then I looked around and I realized there was really no, they never really planned residential living downtown. It was all just commercial business offices. But when they all went home, so did the the downtown. So how do smaller cities or any city per se keep people living downtown? Right. So for us, um, you know, I've mentioned before, our DePa um, partnership is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those DePa staff, they enjoy living right downtown and walking, you know, two blocks to their campus. And so the, for us, that's that that's key. That's a cornerstone. But we also know that uh, when uh, Parents Weekend happens and when homecoming happens, that there's an infusion of people into our community. And they, sure, they're going to stay at the major chain hotels, but we've got a couple of downtown uh, lofts that um, are long-term rental or short-term rentals, and so they also fill up for those things. So for us, we've just got a wide variety, and so we've got a lot of needs that need to be met, and we try to meet them at every level that we can think of. And then, I mean, Seymour doesn't have a university right next, so maybe is that a bigger challenge to try to bring people to live and and work and play downtown? Absolutely. We've got um, a few apartments right now downtown, and they stay pretty much filled all of the time, but it's definitely something that we want to work on getting more upper-level living, and so we do have some of our programs that we have through our Economic Vitality Committee that people can use if they buy a building downtown will actually give you money to revitalize that upper-level living and actually put apartments in, so we're hoping to start getting some more apartment living downtown. We did just do an event last night. We actually call ours first Thursday event, and it was an event from 5 to 8. We're doing it the first Thursday of every month, and um, the stores are staying open late, and then our restaurants are offering specials and those kind of things, just like you said, to kind of get some people in the downtown, because you're right, it does get kind of gloomy down there at night. I think Bloomington has its first Fridays, and I think it's mainly art Mm -hmm. galleries are open Mm -hmm. downtown. Yeah, that's great. And Matt, you you may have heard about uh, Envision Columbus too, and their their initiatives to try to bring more people downtown by building townhomes and encouraging a downtown grocer for that type of livability. Is is that something that other smaller cities can do too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, you know when when both Becky and Kristen were talking, you know, I was thinking through kind of what. Um, you know, the, the city of uh, Bedford has been trying to do, you know, they're trying to tackle it from two vantage points, and they were uh, one of, they're one of our stellar communities uh, in an Indiana Main Street. And so one of the things that they did, um, or kind of they've tackled it two ways, one is including a senior housing project right off of the square, and so to, you know, make that more walkable and uh, improve some of the sidewalks. And another thing is, is they've created a, the Stonegate uh, Arts and Education Center. And so now Ivy Tech and um, Oakland City are going to be offering classes in the downtown. And so, you know, having those both there, you know, getting those two different kind of populations to provide kind of a market in Bedford for those businesses to hopefully stay open, for the restaurants to be attracted to the downtown. And so I think there's all those different kind of ideas out there, and there's not a one, you know, one answer to, to solve this problem. So you have to tackle it from kind of different avenues. It's kind of like those, uh, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, will will the grocer come first or do the people come first, right? right? Mm -hmm. So we'd love to have you join us in the second half of the program, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 if you're in Greencastle, Seymour, or any place else in the state. And you can also join us online, news at indianapublicmedia.org. 
or on Twitter at Noon Edition. We'll be right back. From the Milton Met Studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville, online at smithville.com. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIU News. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with Joe Wren from WFIU and WTIU. And we're talking today about the smaller downtowns in Indiana and what they're doing to revitalize themselves. We have three guests, Becky Shepman, who is executive director of Seymour Main Street, Kristen Clary, executive director of Main Street Greencastle, and Matt Crouch, the uh, deputy director of the Indiana office of Community and Rural Affairs, which we've referred to as OCRA a couple of times during the program today. If you want to join us, give us a call at 812-855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. News at indianapublicmedia.org is is a way you can reach us um, on the web, uh, online, and Twitter. We're at Noon Edition. So I wanted to ask about... um, Actually, I wanted to, wanted to go back to sort of the beginning and get some definitions. Main Street program versus the Stellar program. Matt, can you explain the differences, what those are? Yeah, absolutely. So the Indiana Main Street program um, has been around the state since 1985, um, you know, and it's through the, the National Main Street, street Center. Um, and so it's a, it's a national program based on, you know, kind of a four-point approach. So, you know, it's, it's building um, – kind of organizations that are looking at downtown revitalization through the lens of those four points, so design, promotion, organization, economic vitality. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a lot of volunteer-based. Some have executive directors and staff, but really utilizing those four points to ensure that, you know, um, uh, it has that good quality of place and attracting business and supporting what's already there. So the Stellar Communities Program, has been around since 2011 and 12 is when we rolled that out. And so it's a designation program that originally started with uh, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, or OCRA, um, the Indiana Department of Transportation, and the Indiana Housing Community Development Authority. And so it's a designation program that every year we designate two communities that have gone through this process of, you know, coming up with their own, you know, plan uh, based on past planning, based on collaboration within the community and breaking down silos. You know, it includes a lot of community input um, and really focusing on the leadership and coming up with an idea of how do we use our assets in our community and build on that and then it makes available to them um, resources that are non-competitive and helps them kind of take what would normally take 10 years and hopefully be able to accomplish that in three to four years. And so, you know, with that, we designate it two every year. And so, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Greencastle was one of the first ones along with North Vernon. Next week, we'll be announcing two new ones, which we've given it a spin this year, and we've focused on regionalism. So we've started to ask communities to work with a partner another local unit of government, so it could be, you know, a city and a county, um, two towns, two cities, uh, two counties, or anything like that. And so, um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a program that kind of really helps. We've added other partners within the state, like the Indiana State Department of Health, Indiana Arts Commission, um, the Indiana Bond Bank. And so it's really about helping them see their vision forward in a much shorter time frame um, and using that past planning to, to really take them to that next step. And you said there are 133 communities. Could I'm going to ask uh, our representatives from both uh, Seymour and Greencastle to say, well, you know, why should a community want to get involved with Main Street? Um, 
so we've talked about it before and Matt kind of addressed it, but we do um, a couple of conferences that are best practices. And uh, Becky and I just talking before the program, I'm, I'm just learning so much about how you can enhance what you do. And uh, we we discussed what's your relationship with your city or town look like that are doing these Main Street programs. So um, we are so blessed to um, have a mayor that had the vision and um, and his predecessor also had a vision and that's how we got the stellar. But um, they are so supportive and through... When you have a healthy Main Street, it's because of great funding mechanisms. And so um, a lot of times uh, your downtowns um, fall into a TIF district. And so there are TIF dollars, um, you know, through the redevelopment commissions. And that really helps to support the infrastructure. Also, a great relationship with your utility partners is huge. We partner with Duke on a lot of things, and um, and they really benefit us that way. And so, um, you know, you got to look through the funding and the finances and uh, have a great, strong relationship with your uh, local government and then continue that great relationship with the state government. And so uh, Okra is under uh, the lieutenant governor, and, um, and so um, she has a huge vision for rural and small towns and communities. And so uh, we just benefit greatly from that relationship. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think the best part about being in Indiana Main Street is um, the four points, as he was referencing earlier. You know, we've got a design committee, an org committee, um, also the economic vitality and the promotions. And it really just kind of helps you to do all encompassing in your downtown. We can't just go in and just do events and then have really cruddy looking benches and trash cans. So we always need somebody that's working on design. And then we also need somebody that's doing that organizational behind the scenes. And then... um, the other aspect of it that I love that she also touched on was just um, the Indiana Main Street exchanges that we're able to go to, um, seeing people from all over Indiana and not reinventing the wheel all the time. You know, people saying, this is what we do for our committees. This is what we do for our events. This is what we've done when we needed to get new benches, those kind of things. So um, Okra is just so helpful with um, planning those. And then just um, their availability as well. Anytime we have a question, we're always able to we each have a liaison from okra and we're so thankful to be able to reach out to them when we have questions because i was brand new at this so i'm very appreciative of it uh becky i think earlier you talked about surveys public surveys and trying to get people to or you know a direction of where you want to go and it was mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of pretty cool if you look at that envision columbus site they had little uh heart grams that people could write in and either it was a broken heart or it was a love letter to the city on what they like or what they didn't like so i'm sure there are very there are many different ways that cities can get input from their public but first of all for, for both of you what do you do and if you do how do you do it we actually just conducted a survey we're looking at revitalizing our one chamber square that's downtown there's not been pretty much anything done to it since about 1988 and we consider it really the heart of the downtown there in Seymour so we're applying through Okra for the community development block grant for Main Street revitalization and we wanted to find out what the community wanted to see and so we did a survey through Facebook through um, our e-blast through Instagram all those kind of things and just offered gift cards and said hey you know if you go on fill out this survey tell us what you'd like to see in the downtown we're going to put your name in the hat so that you can win a hundred dollar gift card to one of our stores downtown and we actually got really really good response so it was great to see because we had some ideas about things that we wanted to do but it's always you know nice to know what the community wants as well uh, she mentioned a lot of venues for social media, and um, it's certainly outgrown us. And so uh, we are onboarding somebody next year. Uh, my daytime job is the economic development director for Putnam County, so Main Street is my side gig. And so, but it is important to my mayor, who's a major funder, and so therefore we make it important to us. But um, that being the case, we're onboarding a millennial who is going to uh, run all of our social media marketing, and uh, and uh, so he is going to reach out to um, both our members of the Main Street organization and see what they want and what they want to offer and then what does our community want so uh, we are going to be undergoing some comprehensive surveying next year in order to do that any just a quick follow-up any of what what do people want what's what's maybe the top three things when when you do reach out to people that they say you know you know what we were finding um in seymour was there's nothing for kiddos to do on a saturday morning Mm. you wake up and if it's cold outside there's nothing to do so they were driving the surrounding counties to do things and what happens is you think you're driving down there for the kids to play but then you end up grabbing something at the grocery eat lunch and sinking all your money into their economy so i said let's stop doing that let's figure out what we can do so um one of the things that we're working on is getting some kids interactive play instruments downtown 
Um, also, just having a place to do activities. We just didn't really have a great place. So working on venues to do that as well. And um, and like you said, too, just walkability. I think that the placemaking aspects, um, the alleys that have been activated that we've seen in several, several downtowns, those are the things that people are really looking for. I think people want charm, you know, something that's special. And so those are some of the things we're working on murals and um, activities for kids. So Yeah, I want to ask a follow-up to that. I mean, how important is historic preservation to your downtowns? Um, I would say it's key for our downtown. Um, uh, we appreciate our roots, and um, uh, we, we consider that we considered that greatly when we were going through our stellar um, designation and and uh, what that looked like. And so we wanted to stay true to that. So uh, yeah, we definitely revitalized. But in in that revitalization, um, we wanted to stay true to um, our original roots. So um, we definitely uh, partner with the historic landmarks, and um, so we have a couple of buildings downtown that um, have covenants on them because of them. And so um, we make sure that that historicity stays in place. <clears throat> And so, um, it, it, to us, it's key. And you're both county seats, right? Correct. So we you, are. No? Oh, Brownstown's the Brownstown. county Brownstown. seat. Oh, yeah. okay. all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where the <laughs> courthouse is. Right. Yeah, we. I would agree as well. Um, Seymour is a unique. We just went through this. We had two buildings that were historic buildings that burned um, three days before I started this position. And so we were, that is absolutely part of our mission. It's to promote, plan, and um, protect our historic downtown. So our main street actually purchased the two buildings that had burned and then restored them to their historical integrity. And then we're in the process now of, uh, we've actually got a buyer on both of those buildings. So we'll hopefully be seeing some retail and upper level living going in there. But it would have been a situation that would have been really hard. They would have sat there if they burned. We had um, a situation where a building had burned years previous and then, you know, it had been dozed down and just made into a pocket park. A pocket park is great, but we certainly want to um, protect those historic buildings. So we're excited that those will be revitalized and back on the market. Okay. Matt, is it, are all these things uh, kind of similar? You want to chime in? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, uh, concerning the historic preservation, um, you know, one of the things that we have is um, a program called the Historic Renovation Grant Program. And so, you know, rural communities and, and even urban are um, using this grant to help business owners, you know, restore those, you know, even put on new roofs. Um, um, and so what we're seeing is, is that the building owners are able to utilize this around the state. And so, that, you know, we have a, a close working relationship with the Department of Natural Resources, State Historic Preservation Office on this, um, and Historic Landmarks. Um, and so it's extremely important. Um, you know, we work with you know, all the communities. I would say that another thing that I kind of heard um, from other communities as for what they kind of need in the downtown, what they're hearing, and I think back of Madison um, when they came in, and, and they're also a stellar designee in a Main Street community, the first Main Street uh, community in the state, um, and one of the original four in the nation. And so one of the things that they had heard was is, you know, young professionals didn't have a place to go and visit and network together. And so that's one of the reasons why they wanted to uh, activate their alley and uh, ended up getting a, a grant from ourselves and in an Office of Tourism Development and a partnership was to activate that and give that as a location for them so that those young professionals would be able to network rather than try to find some other place to live um, outside of Madison. So we have about uh, 15 minutes to go. You, are you going to make it? The numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bob is getting through a cold here, if you haven't noticed uh, yeah, today. He's, you're doing well. You're doing really good. Uh, join yeah. our conversation right now, 812-855-0811 or toll free at one 877 285 I wanted to um, ask, and I mean, anyone can just jump in now as we get down here more, uh, maybe long-term plans. Um, our cities, and we're seeing this more in, in maybe some of the bigger cities where they're coming up with 10-year type, because uh, a, a lot of this stuff just can't happen in a year or overnight, and so you kind of have to think of a bigger picture. Is this something that both of, of your cities are, are, are doing? Kristen, do you want to jump in on that first? Sure. So I will first say we certainly don't have a 10-year plan. That's a yeah. little bit far into yeah. the future, but um, uh, we work together closely with our Arts Council, so in the next two years, we hope to have some livable arts artwork um, doing so um, 
people taking place, um, uh, putting things together together um, through our First Friday events, and uh, um, interactive art is really key. So we're going to do some uh, mosaics together and then um, be a destination so you can kind of, you know, get out on Instagram and take your picture and show people what, what's going on downtown. Uh, we partner closely with our um, Tourism Bureau, and uh, so we focus on a couple of areas in our community, and that's uh, music um, uh, and uh um, equestrian and nature. And so um, we want our arts um, projects to all uh, uh, funnel into that uh, vision. And so um, it's when our uh, it's when our organizations come together and partner together that we find us uh, we find us being the strongest. And so um, we know that arts is a huge component. Like you were saying, the first Fridays in Bloomington uh, revolves around those um, art uh, projects as well. So um, we are really focused on art here in the next couple of two to three years. Becky, for you in terms of long-term in, in Seymour, is, is that something that's kind of always in the background? It is. We just finished up a strategic plan last year and tried to plan out over the next three years. And really one of the things we wanted to focus on is just kind of picking how we were going to brand Seymour. And we were looking at the events that we did and finding that the most successful ones definitely involve music. And then, of course, Sean Mellencamp is from Seymour, <laughs> right. so we definitely wanted to <laughs> pay homage to him. So, um, yeah, so we've got got the new amphitheater that just opened up last July. We're starting to host music there, looking at doing um, a revitalization of our one chamber square, and then looking at ways that um, we can just incorporate music into all of our events and everything that we do, but also just into our logo and our actual branding for Main Street. So um, it's been exciting to see where we did some new benches this year, and we're hoping to finish up that project. Um, lots of design changes and um, all-encompassing but I think the big thing has been to focus on one thing. We've got trains as well in Seymour, so we're kind of trying to incorporate both of those. But I have to ask Kristen really quick, is, is music on the square, is that still... It certainly is. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Music ha- on the Has Square. that been successful? It really has. That's a venture between um, between DePa and our downtown as well. And that's where we take uh, students, uh, K through 12, and then the college students come in and they uh, unify together. They partner together, and there's a mentorship program. And so it gives them a place to uh, uh, play instrumental music and uh, practice rooms and everything else. And uh, it, it's a great venue. So that happens. And then we have Downtown Music Festival, which um, we bring in some big bands from, uh, from outside the area and uh, bring them in and, you know, brings between three and 5,000 people downtown. So in any way we can, we can to generate traffic through the downtown community. We're going to go to the phones. We have DJ on the line. DJ? Yeah, uh, just like to echo off of what you were saying, I think each town has to figure out what's unique to its town. And when you say music, you're kind of working with that. And there's no real uh, template you can put over any town because each town is so different. But one thing, I, did you say there's somebody there from Bedford on the panel? No. No, we have uh, Seymour and Greencastle and someone with the state. Oh, okay. I thought there was because there's a, an interesting thing in Bedford. It's called Crazy Town. It's this one guy who built this little town right on the main drag on 16th Street, and it's really something. You go through it. And I was just wondering, without if you don't have a big natural resource like Madison has the river, and everybody wants to develop around water. Uh, Western towns have the mountains. Uh, what do you think cities can do that don't have, um, let's just say, majestic uh, natural resources? Uh, Indy did the uh, canal thing, which kind of helped that a lot. So can you address that? But if you don't have a really great natural resource, what do you think uh, is the best, myth, best way to go in terms of development? I, I say this about Seymour all the time because I'm like, we don't have a square, we don't have a courthouse, we don't have a river, you know, we're <laughs> so how do we do this? And that's why I think that events are so key and picking a few signature events that bring people down from all over and make it a destination for a weekend. And then while they're there, they're going to go, you know what, Seymour's pretty cool. When we were there, we ate at this restaurant and we really liked it. The people were nice. I stopped in this boutique. Can you believe they have this? And then they're really comfortable here here and they want to come back. And so that's really what we focused on because I agree completely. It's hard when you don't have that, that river or that, you know, large thing that brings everybody initially. Of course, Kristen, don't there's... do you have Edinburgh, which is a big discount thing? Isn't that near Seymour? Pardon me? What was it? No, don't you have Edinburgh, which is a big discount? Uh, um, what is... Edinburgh Outlets, is that what he's speaking of? It's, yeah, that's near Seymour, isn't it? Mm, it's about 40 miles from Seymour, yeah. Oh, okay, not close yeah. enough to get people in the downtown, yeah. 
But it's a good point. You. And uh, I mean, of course, we talked about DePaul being next to Greencastle. You can capitalize on that. But but you're still look. You still it's like a wheel, right? You need there are different spokes. You need to keep things going. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for us, um, we do. So um, oftentimes when you're evaluating your community, you say, are you close to an interstate? Do you have a university within you know your borders? So you identify some things. Do you have some natural beauty? Um, a neat thing at Greencastle is DePaul University sits right on the edge of an old quarry. They've turned that into the DePaul Nature Park. It's uh, uh, less than two miles from our downtown, and you can go and you can fish and you can uh, walk the ridge and you can do all kinds of things there. So um, we bring uh, natural beauty as close as we can to our downtown and then share that uh, with people. And it's it, it's about getting your it's about getting your message out and it's about mapping your community so that people can understand how to get there and then once they get there, what they can do once they're there. So, and if I can jump in real yeah, quick, sure. I mean, one of the things that I think that um, works well with Okra is that we have some, some, some of our staff members that are really strong in their facilitation skills. So we have a couple program managers, uh, one of being uh, Mary Shaw, our Indiana Main Street program manager, um, and, uh, and our community liaisons that were mentioned earlier, which is our regional field staff that we have at Okra. And so they're really adept at going into communities and kind of having a visioning session of what is our assets and how do we kind of build on that for community development? Because I, I know of a story where we went into one community and we said to them, you know, uh, tell us about your assets. And they kind of looked around the room and said, well, you know, I don't know, maybe one. And they, said, they only named it one and it was like, no, 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 there's so much more to, to be passionate. And so then just kind of walking through of like, why do you live here? Why have you continued to live here? Why do you know your neighbors are taking pride in your community? And so I think that's something that we can really do and work with communities around the state is realize what are all these resources because you know one resource that we have is the people the people that live there and choose to work there and come back every day um, and you know lay down on their pillows in those communities is those people are fantastic resources that we should take advantage of um, and build on you know moving forward I have a quick follow before we go to the phone again who are the people that are are coming in to start businesses is there any commonality are they all from the hometown and they come back or are they people that just want a different experience? Is there? So for us, um, it's really interesting um, because we do try to capture um, some of that uh, great uh, momentum with DePaul students. So a lot of communities are doing the launch. Fisher's Launch, Terre Haute Launch initiatives, which is a co-working space. And so um, we are also doing that with a co-working space, and we're utilizing some college students and some community members. And um, so it's a variety of people. You can't pigeonhole them into anything. But um, we've got those students on campus for four years, and we want them to enjoy their experience there, but we want them to enjoy their experience and possibly stay. So um, our our president, Dr. McCoy, coined the term communiversity, <laughs> community and university. And so we want those kids to get off campus come into the community, know what we have to offer, and then potentially stay there. And, uh, you know, every college kid has a great idea. We want to listen to those ideas, and we want them to, uh, to create support around them so that they can foster those great ideas and potentially have them right there in the community. Good. Thank you. What I noticed when we were talking earlier about what, you know, we have certain businesses that have been downtown for a long time and what's the commonality, one of the things that I did notice is they were people who were born and raised in Seymour. And so we started a junior Main Street program last year with our high schools. And so I actually took a vacant storefront. And on four Saturdays when we do our downtown shop around event, we let our high school students come and set up and sell from that store. So our owl manufacturing, which is a um, program that's done through our Jackson County Industrial Development Corporation. They've got items they sell, our Consumer and Family Sciences Department, um, our Ag Department makes wreaths and swag and things like that for Christmas. The kids get some marketing experience, kind of see what it's like to run a small business. And it's my hope that they would think, you know what, this is pretty cool. I want to start a business here one day because I have noticed that is a lot of our successful businesses. We have a phone call. We're going to go to Nancy. She's from Nashville. Nancy. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Good. Great. I, I'm late to the discussion, but I'm really excited about what you guys are all talking about. I was recently elected to our town council. We don't have a mayor, so our town council serves with that. But first of all, I'd love to talk to any of you guys. <laughs> so sometimes we'll get in contact with each other. But the main thing that I wanted to share, and again, coming in late, not really knowing what's going on with the conversation, is just to make you guys all aware of our new music venue that we're building here in Nashville. We're building a 2,000-seat music venue, 
And it's really going to change our, our economy in our town, so we're very excited about it. Where is it going to be, Nancy? It's going to be just outside of town. If you if you know Nashville at all, it's out where the grocery store and the Bear Hardware and uh, McDonald's is. It's right back behind there. So it will be within walking distance to town um, and, and just right in the center of that area. Um, the backdrop of it is gorgeous. It's um, the creek that runs back there. So it's going to be a gorgeous venue. Talking about the natural things that communities have, well, Nashville has its history of arts plus the the leaves in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, and also our history of music too. We uh-huh. have amazing music mm-hmm. history here, and we are the art colony of the Midwest. Yeah. So um, we have over 300 working artists that live and work here. So we're very we're very proud of our little town. Nancy, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. I want to give, uh, give Becky and Kristen one more uh, opportunity to say why people should come visit your community. We have less than – we have about a minute and a half to go. Um, I'm going to start by saying um, we've got something on the square. It's a new restaurant called Bridges. It's the only uh, restaurant in this um, in the area that's been invited out to New York City to um, perform in front of the James Beard Foundation. And so, I mean, it is high end, um, it's high class, and it is an excellent restaurant. Uh, you need a reservation to get in there. Uh, but we talked earlier about shop local, and that's exactly what we're here to do: shop local. You know, keep your your money local because when you when you spend local then you are uh, supporting those shop owners that are also going to shop local, and you're growing your community in a smart way. It's all about smart growth. Okay. Becky? Absolutely. I would agree. Um, I saw a statistic the other day that said uh, local business owners give back 250% more. So it's it's so true. I've heard it said, too, that when you buy something from a local business that the the business owner does a little happy dance, (laughs) and it really is. It's a good feeling to shop local. We're so excited about the growth that we've seen in Seymour, another 10 new businesses downtown, in addition to, like I said, um, all kinds of new events that are expanding, um, lots of music events, and our brand new amphitheater that's downtown, the Crossroads Community Park. We'll have nine new events in that park next year in the warmer months, so definitely check out our website at SeymourMainStreet.org for more details. Matt, can you close us out here in like 10 seconds? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would just say to any listener that if they want to give back to their community, they should look at working with your Main Streets because one of the key kind of figures that we have is the number of volunteer hours that we had around our 133 Main Streets, 125,000 volunteer hours. And if you're talking about a way to really help out your community and give that sense of pride, working with your Main Street, offer to volunteer because that can really – talking about moving mountains, it's, it's the Indiana Main Street program and being a participant. Thank you, Matt Crouch, and also Kristen Clary and Becky Shepman. For our producer, Patrick McGurr, engineer Mike Pashkash, and co-host Joe Wren, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.